I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here today. We're gonna we're gonna hit a hot topic today, uh, and you know the whole the whole transgender movement, the gay, lesbian, all this activist type of movement uh, has really ramped up uh, in the last few years. Uh, we're seeing it everywhere. You see it uh, in Disney movies. You see it where you shop. Uh, you got companies that are, you know, sending people to uh, training. Uh, to get them to think correctly. They want everybody to fall in line. And if you know the Bible, you understand that, that this is not a biblical concept. And it can be a struggle, I think, at times for Christians to deal with this, to know how to deal with it in the right way. Uh, but we need to deal with it from a, a position of both truth and love. How do we do that? Well, understanding is a big part of that today. And I have three guests with me today, uh, and they are all going to uh, give you a lot of good insight into the the reality out there. Uh, and so if you're watching us live, you're invited to be a part of the conversation. Chat is open if you're watching in the replay. We appreciate your kind comments. If you're mean, I just delete them. So don't waste your time. Janet Boynes is a founder of Janet Boynes Ministries. Uh, and she actually lived as a, a man for 14 years. So she has a very lived experience. Uh, another guest uh, David Pickup is a reintegrative therapist, and you'll find out what that means. Um, he's a licensed psychotherapist. He deals with a lot of people that are struggling in very real areas. And so, again, he has experience working with people that are going through uh, these, these questions of identity. And finally, Jonathan Alexander is an attorney and senior counsel for government affairs for the Liberty Council, which is fighting on a legal front, and... Uh, he is a, a, a brand new papa, just had a little girl, I believe, yesterday, and he's still with us today. <laughs> so we're going to have a good conversation. Uh, again, we appreciate all you guys that are watching. Janet, um, welcome to all of you guys uh, but, and ladies. But uh, I want to start with you, Janet, because this is something that you lived before it was such a, a fad, really. Uh, and mm-hmm. so you have personal insight um that is that is unique and and i value your perspective um before we get into some of the the legal and and some of the psychological issues tell me a little bit about your experience yeah hey thanks for having me it's great to have my two colleagues on with me because we call ourselves a triple threat (laughs) because whenever we're together we just stop on the devil's head. So that's what we enjoy doing. But being raised in a family of seven kids, four different fathers, you know, my my stepfather that raised me, one of the four fathers was an alcoholic mm-hmm. and he abused my mother. And, you know, we had a lot of intense fellowship. That's what I called a lot of the fights that would happen in our home was intense fellowship. However, I started adapting a lot of those behaviors because I thought, what I saw my parents do, that's what I was supposed to do. That's how you handle your problems. You just go out and beat people up, you know, whenever things don't go your way. But what parents don't realize is your life is being shaped by your early experiences. You know, a lot of times we think that, you know, our kids are going to turn out a certain way or we want our children to turn out a certain way. But we can't always want our kids to turn out the way we want them to. We can put them in the environment 
So they can turn out that way, but sometimes they go astray. And, and that's what I did. I went astray and thought I was doing the right things by mimicking my mother because I love my mother, but I wasn't getting a lot of attention from her. So I was going to do everything I could to get mom's attention, even if it meant getting kicked out of school on a regular basis. And that's what I did. I just thought, you know, I'm going to figure this out. So getting whoopings all the time did not do what my mom thought they were going to do. Sending me to church on Sundays did not do that. I was lacking attention and I didn't get that from my mother. So when you don't get the attention that you're looking for from a parent or, you know, you're watching your dad abuse, you know, your mother. And then the man that she didn't live with was was still her husband wind up raping me outside of my mother's home when I went down to visit him with my oldest sister. And so when you tie all those things together, you're dealing with a lot of trauma, which I'm sure David will talk about a little later. All those traumatic experiences I suppressed as I'm growing up. I had nobody to talk to. We couldn't afford to go to counseling, you know, in the black community when I grew up in the 50s. I'm 65 right now. I'm in a place now where I'm getting counseling for what happened to me over mm. 50 years ago. Yeah. You know, after my mom died, it really gave me permission to go and start working on myself and getting the help that I need. I thought I would get married someday and and have children by now, but that didn't happen in 1985. I was supposed to walk down the aisle. But three months before that, I wind up meeting this woman, had a sexual relationship with her, went to my pastor the next day, told him, told my fiance, and I walked away from the Lord for 14 years. Now, you didn't just walk away. You you. Did you transition, and, and what does that look like? Because I don't even know if there, there are degrees, you know, uh, of that, it seems like. What, what, what did you do? I didn't have gender reassignment surgery, but, Randy, what I felt is that I could be a better dad to my girlfriend's kids than my father was to me. Hmm. So transitioning to me was, you know, you know, putting something to, you know, flatten my breast, you know, putting a band around, looking like a man, shopping in the men's department mm -hmm. store, wearing men's shoes, wearing boxers. I was the man or the domineering one in the household where, you know, I always dated feminine women. So when you talk about transitioning in that way, mm -hmm. because back in my era, we called that a dyke. You know, we didn't call it gender reassignment or, you know, we didn't call it. We called it crossing over or or cross dressing. You mm. know, they're just coming up with different terms. That's all they're doing in today's world. Besides people having gender reassignment surgery. And back in that era, it really wasn't talked about the way it is being talked about today. And back in my era, we didn't try to transition our children at that time either yeah, well you know we weren't trying to put this issue mm. on the kids we hit it more yeah. than anything yeah well and so just for clarity um it was more taking on the role than it was a, a physiological change you didn't do any of the hormones or have any of the surgeries it didn't do anything like that but in minneapolis i went to see a priest and he told me that i could have a sex change and still go to heaven and be with God. He literally told me and my girlfriend that because we wanted to get some clarity if I decided to transition because I thought about it, hmm. but I never did it. And I'm glad I did. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I bet you are glad that you didn't, but given some of the I'm so long glad. term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. David, uh, a question for you. I mean, as, as a licensed psychotherapist, when you hear Janet's story, is this is this typical or is this a one-off? I mean, because I know some people will say, you know, oh yeah, you've, Yes, you've got a case of, of childhood trauma. 
Uh, but that's not what drives the majority of people. It, what drives it is, is an inner sense that they are not the gender that they were assigned at birth. What, what, what's, what do you see when you talk to people? How, how common is her story? First of all, Randy, thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be with my colleagues again, as Janet said earlier. The One of the most important questions is pretty much what you're asking. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, 100% of my clients are going through very much what Janet just described in a nutshell. And believe me, there are a lot worse cases. That's not taking anything away from Janet's story one iota. But there are those issues, sometimes a little bit lighter versions of that, and many times a lot worse, if you could imagine. I'm going to give you this short story, basically, because it tends to get a little complicated. But the principles I found are very, are very simple, even though there's complicated details. If a person, male or female, does not attach well enough in the first years of life, to their primary gender role models, they don't get attached to their authentic, gendered, confident, secure self. Mm. And so all their emotional reactions and decisions, including hormonal sex changes, homosexual feelings, all of that are can be seen as compensatory for that deep wound, more likely a series of wounds. It involves uh, abandonment, uh, much pain, uh, terror in some cases, um, a, a, a very much a, a lack of affirmation, approval, and affection that are all what is actually inborn. The transgender, there is no such thing, and people need to know this right off the bat because it's based on all this, which matches Bible concepts. There is no gay or transgender gene. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And the studies that seem to prove that are not proof at all. All one has to do is know a little bit about research to check these studies out, and they don't, in other words, nothing has been proven at all. In my opinion and experience, there's been a lot more research that has indicated that this is uh, an emotional developmental issue, even though that's a short version of a complicated story. Mm -hmm. But the point mainly is, is that there is so much trauma that is unresolved in childhood, whether it's the trauma events itself such as Janet described, or uh, also as Janet described, uh, uh, abusive neglect, mm. uh, which can be harder to identify because it's, it's harder to identify trauma if it's just about some someone not being there for you that should right. have been. Right, right. Basically, if you don't get your needs met that are God-given, compensatory mechanisms will appear automatically. And so in the case of men or women, when... when uh, that male or female programming because of shame trauma and if you think of it like a computer program when it can't be fulfilled or expressed there's only one other way to get your gender security even though it doesn't really work is to objectify your own gender that's why and usually around puberty that unless there's sexual abuse involved that's why men and women uh objectify sexually the same sex in reality they're all looking for their mommies and daddies and themselves. Hmm. And this is why many, many times people need a good therapist who not only knows these issues, but who can actually help that person psychologically and emotionally transform. Faith can be a great part of that uh, healing experience. Yeah. 
yeah. faith has to more, more to do, however, with uh, living the Christian life and sure, salvation, sure. that that kind of thing. Sure. But in your, if you're talking about the emotional wounds and healing, when you go to these deep things, well, every day in my office, I get the honor of seeing not only uh, how much compassion and truth that these folks need, but I get to see them change. And I something else your listeners need to know that change is possible. I see it growing in bits and pieces, and uh, especially in terms of the new therapy that is uh, making ex exponential effects on people. Uh, I get to see how wonderful it is when people naturally, automatically uh, feel change rise up within them and that's what therapy is really all about good therapy yeah, it's about yeah. the natural rise of the authentic confident uh secure gendered self just one one question because i know i'm going to get this some pushback um is your experience limited because you're seeing people who are coming to see a psychotherapist and therefore they're sort of self-selecting the category or do you have any proof for lack of a better term that this is true even of those who don't come in for therapy that's a great question and i'll answer it this way i have a very open mind i'm very conservative but i have a very on purpose open mind i'm waiting for the day when there is a person in my personal life who is gay or transgender and i know and i'm very good friends actually uh one person i'm thinking from california that is my dear friend they know how I believe, but I see the same issues in their lives, even if they're not going to a therapist. And in short, I've never seen in my life experience, and I've been doing this work for 15 years or more, I've never seen a gay or, or transgender person who has not got these issues mm. because you, you know them well enough, and it's always the same thing. There's different versions and different levels of this, but it's mm -hmm. always the same thing. Uh, if I was an apologist, I would argue that this occurs in most likely at least 99% of mm. LGBT folks. Mm. You're always going to find trauma, whether it's personally, but then in the office, you're right. Just like gay people, they self-select. They're going to go to a gay affirmative therapist. Mm. Well, everyone who comes into my office already believes, I, I'll say 99% of it. It's very interesting. Uh, they already believe in pretty much in scripture because mm. I check that out. Mm. I don't lead the witness. I don't force them into anything. They already believe that uh, their issues are not inborn. Mm. I don't do therapy with people who believe that they're born that way. Why would I? That would be unethical. Mm. And so uh, almost every single time they're they're coming in with a belief system where they just know. Right. And it's proven by the forms they fill out, the history they give me. There's all this trauma. It's come up every single time and they know they're not born that way and so they undergo the therapy and sure enough the therapy the therapy works interesting uh i'd be i, I would be interesting to have you sit down next to uh, a gay therapist who is affirming everything and and compare mm -hmm. notes uh sure. I, I would like to it looks like let's do it <laughs> yeah, Jan, yeah. Jan, i'm open to that <laughs> you know what i'm open to that randy that's a great yeah. question you rise i i I issue a compassionate appeal for that to happen. Mm. I've had that happen with other uh, gay activists before, but not gay therapists. But I encourage that to happen. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to predict that when it comes down to it, there's no gay therapist, uh, gay affirmative therapist that will actually follow through with that. Uh, I, you know, you don't pick a fight, you can't win. 
problem, and, mm-hmm. and I could see that. All right, yeah. so this is this is interesting. So we've we've got the the sort of the human side of things. Jonathan, you are dealing with things on on a, on a legal level, which is a different kind of fight. Um, what all are you seeing out there? What are the big issues that you're dealing with? Randy, thanks for the question. And to borrow a phrase from you, picking a fight. Uh, that we will ultimately win. And we do walk into uh, these legal fights, these legislative fights, with an understanding that we're defending truth, the actual truth that God created them male and female, that a man ought to leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and the two of them become one flesh. That's what we're fighting for. And so ultimately, we know we're going to be victorious. But at the same time, you have a culture, you have a society that has a bend towards sexual immorality that has you know left the church has in many cases been in the church but not following scripture say that we want to prioritize our passions our lusts our selfish desires over god's truth and it's always those pesky christians or it's always pesky scripture that seems to stand in the way of someone full-on pursuing uh, whatever lifestyle it is and it comes in all forms and of course is in many different forms And so what we're battling in the culture is basic truth, basic fundamental truth, right and wrong. What the culture has done that is pushing LGBT agenda is saying that because we so want to reject God or we so want to reject the Bible from being the moral standard that guides how we determine our individual sexual decisions, we're going to silence it. We're going to say that individuals that believe a different way on the subject are not allowed to speak. Individuals that are in opposition to the LGBT lifestyle, are not allowed to participate in public society. They want to shame folks and remove them out of public society. They silence them by, uh, of course, you've seen them being canceled both on the private sector and in the public sector, where the federal government uh, will threaten parents that are attempting through school boards to make their voice be known. Uh, of how they feel about sexually charged material that are being taught in the school. You have the Department of Justice currently attempting to silence them. Then you also have culture that is kicking them out of participation. Uh, The famous Kentucky clerk, Kim Davis, who is till this day still fighting to be free of uh, the labels and the smears and the legal lawsuits against her. This is Kim Davis, who said that she will not violate her convictions and sign a same-sex marriage license because she believes it was against her faith. It was against her God's designed order. She is still fighting a legal case against that. And so we defend her in court. Or, of course, men like Jack Phillips, who want to participate in society, have a good that they can bring into society, but they don't want to promote certain habits and lifestyles that they disagree with. And so individuals that want Jack Phillips to bake either a transgender cake or an LGBT cake are going after him, and he needs a defense against it. We need to be able to be in a society where we uh, truly believe God's word on a subject and an individual in this country has the right of not just that belief, but public expression and not be threatened by government, not be threatened by the peers through law uh, to to force them to be silenced or accept something different. And so our legal cases span that sort of uh, terrain. It is defending the rights of individuals that are still wanting to promote God's truth and also holding back government from going in the wrong direction. Laws like the Equality Act. This is a proposed law uh, that comes out of Congress right up the road from from where I am right now. Uh, Congress wanting to promote the LGBT agenda 
through all facets of government and use the force of federal government, uh, including arresting and finding individuals that don't believe these things. Uh, on the legislative front, we stand up against that. And it's, it's understanding stories like Janet's. It's understanding stories uh, like the clients that come into David Pickup's couch and, and are able to share how you know their lives and, and share what they want to work through understanding that those are folks that are searching for truth but there are also folks that are standing against it wanting to keep that truth being out in the public square thankfully the legal system uh, still is adversarial it allows us to present truth in the public square and as long as we have the opportunity to do so we're going to do it and, and, and as you stated i'll reiterate again we're going to pick a fight that we can win and every time we stand on god's truth especially on the subject it may not seem like we're victorious now, and certainly there have been a lot of casualties, a lot of victims of the LGBT agenda, but we're going to stay in this fight in order to win. Well, and I'm glad that you're there because, you know, it's interesting. I think everybody on this this call right here, the Zoom call, uh, we would say that we're not out to coerce anyone, to force anyone into anything, even though we believe something strongly in, in that, God's design for marriage and sexuality is is laid out. It's very straightforward. Uh, none of us are interested in in coercion, forced, you know, uh, any kind of forced coercion. But it seems like, and Janet, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the whole alphabet mafia is is more interested in coercion than anything, and they're going after children uh, and manipulating and in some cases coercing them. Do you, mm -hmm. am, am I missing something here or do you see it that way? You're, you're not missing anything at all. And I'm sure my colleagues um, can speak more on this um, and Jonathan as well with the laws behind her, what we can do to even sue the gay community, even if we can. But my thing is, as they're coming out of the closet, literally, they're trying to put us in the cloud. <laughs> you know, they're trying to silence our voices. They're trying to take away our parental rights. They're trying to take away our sports. And at the same time, indoctrinate our children. Our, the Bible says our children are a heritage from the Lord. We are to protect those children. But the very people that should be protecting them, such as your parents and counselors and, and your school, they're trying to indoctrinate our children by telling our children that they can be any sex that they want to be and willing to assist them in transitioning without mm. their parents' consent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have videos that I show when Jonathan and Dave and I are out speaking, showing that a parent is fighting in California because her 11-year-old daughter went to school and they transitioned her without her consent. In Minnesota, they mm. just passed a bill that will strip custody of your child if you do not affirm their gender. It's That's called the HF-146 bill. And that bill will grant legal protection to people who are willing to travel to Minnesota for gender affirming care. They call it the trans refuge bill. I call it the kidnapping bill. They are literally kidnapping our children. And if parents are listening out there, you can stop this because if you take your kids out of school, they don't get paid for it. Every parent should literally just pull their kids out of school until they stop doing what they're doing. But I'm sure, in a sense, there's legal things that we can do on that end. I don't have that expertise, but I'm sure Jonathan might yeah. be able to speak on that. Yeah, David. yeah. And, and David, I want to come back to you in a second. But Jonathan, do speak to the legal. I mean, what what should parents do? Because 
I've got to be honest with you. I'm all, all four of my kids are out of school now, but if, if they were in school now, and I got a grandson that just started yesterday, uh, preschool. Um, but if the public school's going down that road, I'm, I'm, I'm going to politely not participate in that. What, what do we, how do we stand against this, the individual, because we're not all lawyers and you know, we can't necessarily fight those fights. It's intimidating for the average person. You make a good point uh, talking about your grandson. It is a generational fight. It is a fight uh, that the Robinsons will continue to have. And it, it may be on this issue. It may be on other issues. But it ultimately is what is the culture you want to leave to the next generation? Uh, thankfully, we are still living in a society, uh, in a culture because of the Constitution where we can show up. We have the opportunity through the ballot to dictate who our elected leaders are. And it is still possible to convince your neighbors and convince your friends around the water cooler that, hey, there's a lot more of us that think a certain way than those that are in opposition really pushing this stuff. And so at a, a very a simple way, exercising that right mm. through the ballot box, we'll have several opportunities to do that. But one of the things I'll say that was missing on the Republican debate stage, these this past recent debate was this subject. And it's in light of a culture that is really revolting, a culture that is really pushing back against the aims of the transgender agenda just in this past year 21 states have pushed back against trans surgeries for minors outlawing them altogether, making it criminal for doctors to perform so-called transgender surgeries on minors that's 21 states with more than or almost half the population of the united states saying we do not want this in our backyard we don't want this for our kids if we just lied down and listened to what disney was saying or just went along with what the MSNBC were saying or just bought the narrative of the Democrat Party, we'd say, hey, this is a lost cause. But just in this past year, we can show that if we're active and we participate, we can be victorious. It started, I think, with the parents uh, seeing what happens within the schools when schools came home during COVID. Mm -hmm. Parents able to look over their children's <laughs> shoulders and yep. see exactly what was being taught. Yep. Parents being able to, to read books and see what's being taught. That's where it started. It will ultimately end, I do believe, in parents having their primary role in raising up their children. And, and those of us that believe in God's design actively maintaining this space in the public square where we can not only speak to this issue, to, to stop this issue, but rescue those that are being led to slaughter. Proverbs 8 talks about rescuing a culture or rescuing individuals that are being led to slaughter. There is a place for every one of us to continue participating. And thankfully, we still have the laws and the ability to participate in laws in order to make that happen. Yeah, and we, we sure do appreciate everything Liberty Council does, by the way, David. And congrats on your new baby. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, sorry. Um, uh, I, I'm going to David. You just saw him there. Because I want to I end this on uh, a note that is, one, hopeful and positive, but also something that the average person can do. Uh, and, David, I want to come to you on this because, it, you know, I, have, I had a man in a dress show up at my church recently, and we, we welcome him, you know, but we don't always know uh, how to relate, how to talk to someone. Uh, so, David, I'm just curious, do you have any insight for the average person who is dealing with someone who is either transitioned or gay or struggling? How, how can we build a relationship with them? You've done it uh, in, in a way that can be healthy and not just adversarial or us trying to fix them, but actually something that will 
benefit that person whom you contend uh, has a lot of uh, trauma in their background that needs to be dealt with. We've, we've got the answer. How do we bridge that gap? Randy, number one, parents, pastors, legislators, lay people, churches, I believe need to be completely educated on all these issues. Mm -hmm. Number one, get educated. There are people, speakers, professionals, Christians, uh, uh, people who have had these issues who can be assembled together to speak to churches or to individuals about these issues. And there are plenty of books of which I have that are written by some of my colleagues that will educate somebody wonderfully. Number two, when you're dealing with these individuals, and I'm so glad you brought up the fact of walking through the church door, the first principle is to get into a relationship with them. I don't mean a Sunday morning. Hey, how you doing? Great week. Okay. Take care. Have faith. Bye-bye. <laughs> I mean, get to know those folks. Yeah. You are going to find trauma issues underneath every one of those. And so number three, which is the task to number two, is don't be the person they think you're going to be. They're going to more likely think that you're going to judge them and or condemn them mm -hmm. or shame them or reject them. Yeah. Don't give them what they think they're going to have. <laughs> be the opposite. In short, spiritually speaking, be Christ be to Jesus. them. Yep. Yep. Form a relationship with them. And that means you're going to have to go into the thicket with them and understand how much, and you, I believe, you will find when you get to know them and be a part of their lives in very, the name of the game is authenticity. Mm -hmm. Be authentic because they're going to evolve more and more the more in that attached kind of relationship you'll get. If people will just do that, they might be amazed at the growth of a person just because of a healing relationship. Yeah, and I think it's important right. for us to remember what you said, and Janet, I'm coming to you, um, but we, our job is to love like Jesus loved. It's the Holy Spirit's job to change that person. And I think sometimes we, we get the roles mixed up, uh, and there's a lot less pressure in just loving someone like Christ loved them uh, than it is in trying to fix or change someone. Janet, uh, you get the last word. And Jonathan, uh, by the way, if you need to go take care of your baby, you you, you can bump off here if you need to. Um, <laughs> Janet, um, is there hope for the transgender, for the gay person? What what what? We need to know that yes, they they can be whole again, uh, and and that we can have a positive influence on them. But speak to that if you would. You know, there is hope, and I'm sure David and Jonathan, we both know people who have walked out of that life, you know, for over 20 years, like I have, you know, homosexuality is not the problem, folks. It's the manifestation of what's going on. Hmm. And that's what David does is, you know, help people come out of that life. And Janet Boynes Ministries, you know, we do that as well. I'm just not a psychotherapist. But walking through being in that life 14 years, being out over 20 years, we do know how to walk people out of that life. It's so important that the church be responsible for truth. We gotta stand up for truth. We can't compromise God's word or be on the fence. We're gonna to have to speak truth because the Bible says the truth will set you free. And we cannot bow down to their ideology to try to be their friends. But if they want help, my book called out is a very good book that they can read and got in the LGBT community that came out about a year and a half ago that Dr. Michael Brown wrote the forward and Andrew Walmack. 
these are books that they can read because that book on the LGBT community um, talks to parents on what if my kid decide they want to have a civil union or get married? Yeah. How do we respond? Do we take a gift? Do we not take a gift? What if they transition? We address all those things in, in our books as well as, you know, what David said that he has on his website. Yeah. But we want to give hope if they, you know, need help. I'm sure they can come to myself or Dave or even Jonathan. We're all experts in our fields, and we're just grateful that you had us on to be able to share today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. One cleanup question, if you're still here, Jonathan, or if either of you remember, someone wants to know yeah. the Proverbs that he referenced. She, she thought he said Proverbs 8, but couldn't find it. Do anyone recall that? I don't. Maybe, maybe 8, 828. I have script in front of me. We'll, we'll find it in a second. Google should help. Maybe 828, but it says rescue those. Uh, that are being delivered up to the slaughter, hold back those that are walking towards essentially their destruction. Um, and within that, it gives us the bomb. It says, you know, that is the, those who are waiting at his gates have the solution. Those who are listening to the voice of God have the solution. I think it's in Robert, Proverbs 8. I guess we can all... 2411, maybe? I, I, it could be it. It, could be it. it well, says 2411. Okay. We think it's Proverbs Rescue those being led away. Yeah, you can. Is it? it? You can Google those keywords and you'll pull up the scripture. I do that all the time, <laughs> but it's it's the scripture. So there's, there's the hope. <laughs> Great. I appreciate all of you guys. Uh, I do want to show y'all's websites real quick if I can uh, manage all the buttons to roll through these. Um, this is Janet Boynes. Uh, nope, there it is, right there. There's Janet Boynes, and it is JanetBoynesMinistries.com. Uh, and okay. pardon me, I have a lot of buttons to manage here. This is David's website. It is David Pickup uh, LMFT. Is that right? Am I reading that right? LMFT.com. Uh, and then, of course, the Liberty Council is where Jonathan Alexander is working on your behalf. And that is this one, LC.org. So there's a lot of great resources for you guys out there watching. Again, thank you to all my guests uh, your insight, your experiences, the work that you do is valuable. And most of all, I want people to understand if you're struggling, there is help. There are Christians who will love you. Uh, and, and scripture is a good place to start, but you probably need someone to talk to as well. And if you're dealing with this in your family, with a loved one, with a friend, there is hope. Go get the support that you need to love someone effectively. Uh, and Anybody can change. We just look at uh, Janet. I mean, talk about restoration. And she's still going through the restoration. And, and David, someone out there who is helping people walk this road, this very difficult road. And then, of course, Jonathan and the work they do at Liberty Council, uh, standing up for our rights because we can do two things at the same time. We can love people effectively and we can stand up for what's right. That's truth and that's love and that's the model that Christ gave us. So appreciate all you guys out there watching. Hit like, uh, share, or uh, like, subscribe, or follow, depending on where you're at. And if you want someone else to see this, the share button's there for you. Appreciate all you guys out there. Great show. We've got some more great ones, some covering this topic coming up very soon. So I invite you to all come back. Appreciate you guys being here. That's it today on Life Today Live. We'll see you again next time. And truth will be on the soul of your day. Sunday is coming.